following production is brought to you by Derek Lamont Enterprises, a subsidiary of LVM Entertainment, exclusively licensed for use on Patreon.com. Enjoy the show. This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash Unscripted Barista. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Patreon.com slash Derek Lamont Experience, as well as the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network. Of course, my name is Derek, and this is The Week in Gaming. Uh, this will be the last show before my self-imposed break, um, other than an episode of In So Unfiltered, where I talk about sneakers and stuff like that. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, yeah, I wanted to make sure I was able to cover Gamescom before I took a break. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um <laughs> There wasn't much, I guess. I Well, there were some things. I, I take that back. Um, obviously, uh, some of the brief things. Uh, Fortnite and Destiny. Um, uh, obviously, Bungie and Epic Games have done some sort of collaboration. So if you go into the Fortnite item shop, there are Destiny skins in there. I'm not a big Destiny fan. I've told you guys this before. I have told the story multiple times about how someone... You know, uh, people talked me into buying the first Destiny, and it just wasn't for me. I'm not into MMOs at all. So um, if you like that kind of thing, obviously those skins are available in the shop. Not for me, though. Um, Lords of the Fallen, you can wishlist that now. It's available for Steam, PS5, Xbox Series X and S. Um, yeah, I don't, it just doesn't look like the type of game that I'm going to be into, so... You know, I apologize. There wasn't much that was shown on opening night um, by Jeff Keighley that really moved the needle for me. Uh, Kojima came on and announced he's doing an exclusive podcast with Spotify, so um, it's going to come in English as well as Japanese. Um, I don't know if he's going to shed light on his upcoming projects or the project that he's uh, making in collaboration with um, Xbox Game Studios. I'm not sure, so I guess stay tuned for that. We did get an announcement that Gotham Knights is actually coming four days earlier. They did show some info, uh, some footage, uh, Clayface, Harley Quinn, the Penguin, and I forget uh, the Jesus Christ, Mister Freeze. So those are the villains in the game. Um, they showed off the skill tree earlier as well, and I thought to myself, you know what? This might be one that like might be a sneaky pickup for me. I'm not a hundred percent sold. But I saw enough that my interest was peaked. So now I'm kind of going to be looking around for more stuff um, for Gotham Knights. Um, again, I don't know. It, it, it hasn't been pre-ordered. I don't know if I'm going to pre-order it. But it may be something that I sneak up on at the end. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy from Square. I wasn't 100% sold on that. Um, while out Christmas shopping, I, I caught it. At a discounted price, so I was like, why the fuck not? And I actually really, really surprised me, and it was probably one of my favorite games of 2021. So I feel like Gotham Knights might fill that role for me this year. Um, in other news, apparently it looks like uh, the Jedi Fallen Order sequel is going to drop in March of next year. So fingers crossed on that. That would be very, very interesting. Uh, as I told you guys, I saw a placeholder date on Amazon for... Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion, which was saying March as well. That would technically still be winter, so that could be possible. It'd be interesting if both interesting if both of those dropped because for me it's like, okay, well, which one of these are you going to play, 
right? Uh, obviously, I'm going to play both of them, but it's just like allotting the time. Like I knew um, when we first went under the pandemic, it's like, okay, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming this time. Um, the Last of Us Part Two, quick delay, and then it came. So it's like, okay, back to back, I was playing these games. I think I finished Final Fantasy VII Remake over Easter weekend, and then I played a lot of MLB The Show 2020, and then I went right into The Last of Us Part Two. So I'm kind of planning out my gaming calendar going forward for the next year or so. Um, we're supposed to get Spider-Man sometime in 2023. I think maybe that Spider-Man 2, I think that's probably going to be a holiday release, just like God of War is for this year. So that's obviously on my calendar as well. Um, but I'm just kind of trying to plan out what I'm going to play. And obviously we're going to see some other stuff. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is pushed into 2023 early and that's going to be February. So I'm very, very excited about that. They showed some stuff at Gamescom opening night. Um, pre-orders went live on the 25th. I actually never checked to see if they had like a collector's edition of some sort. Let's take a look now. Hogwarts legacy collector's edition there is one let's see um oh god yeah <laughs> no, i don't think so uh 299 dollars no thank you no thank you 300 dollars, and it looks like you get a spell book a floating wand a still book and a collector's edition box um or maybe you don't even get that book. Maybe you just get the floating wand. I, is it worth it just for a floating wand? I don't. I don't know. I have the elder wand here on my shelf. So, do I need another wand? I don't even take that one out of the box. It's got a really, really nice box, like it came from Ollivanders and everything. So, uh, I don't think I need another, another wand. So, just gonna go ahead and pre-order the digital edition. However, I did find out this. This is very interesting. The PlayStation Five version will have an exclusive quest that the Xbox version or I guess the PC version or the Nintendo Switch version would not have. So um, we already knew there was going to be um, dual sense activity for your, uh, wand, your wand and stuff like that. So I knew I was going to pre-order it on PlayStation 5 anyway. This just gives me more reason to do so. So there were some cool things. Um, Gran Turismo 7 update 1.20 delivers four new vehicles, new layout uh, to Circa de Barcelona. And Cafe Extra Menu, so there's uh, some more information there. A lot on the PlayStation blog. Um, Sony also introduced the DualSense Edge wireless controller. Um, this thing is absolutely beautiful. I am 100% all for this. I got the Xbox Elite controller last generation for my Xbox One, so there's no reason I wouldn't be getting this one. Oh, man. Um, from the PlayStation blog... Today we are thrilled to unveil the DualSense Edge wireless controller for PlayStation 5, the first have ever high-performance, ultra-customizable controller developed by Sony Interactive Entertainment, designed to give you an edge in gameplay by allowing you to create custom controls. The DualSense Edge wireless controller invites you to craft your own unique gaming experience tailored to your playstyle. Um, the DualSense Edge wireless controller features a number of hardware and software-based custom customers customization options to create a completely personalized controller uh, controller experience, including ultra-customizable controls, ability to save multiple control profiles, uh, on-controller user interface, changeable sticks, caps, and back buttons, replaceable stick modules, built-in dual-sense wire, dual wireless control features, um, 
it will come with a USB Type-C braided cable, which uses a connector housing to lock into the controller, so it's much less likely to slip out at a crucial moment. It also includes a carrying case, which keeps your DualSense Edge wireless controller and components together and organized in one place. Allows you to charge the controller via USB connection while it's stored in the case. So kind of like the dual, uh, the Xbox Elite Controller Series 2, the first series did not have a chargeable case. And I'm looking at mine. It was just on my desk. I have no idea. Where, oh, there it is. It is still on my desk. So, um, yeah, definitely on this one. Definitely on this. Have to have this when it comes out. In other news, we found out when uh, who is on the cover of NHL 23. Congratulations to Anaheim Duck, Trevor Zegris, and... Um, what is her name? Gosh, I can't think of her. She, I love her to death. Um, uh, nurse's sister. Jeez, um, hold on. Sarah Nurse. I don't know why I couldn't think of her name. So Trevor Segris and Sarah Nurse from the Canadian national team uh, made the cover of NHL 23. It launches October 14th on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series and X. Um, the, the reveal trailer, so they did the cover reveal, and then uh, the reveal trailer, it doesn't look like they really innovated on last year's game. So I'm kind of looking at this like, do do I really want to invest in this game? Um like long, like I, I just don't know. It's getting to the point where I'm really starting to question a lot of these games. Even this year's Madden, I'm playing Madden 23, and I have to admit they talked about how the total control passing would change the game. It hasn't really added much. The DBs still jump out of nowhere to make unbelievable interceptions. Um, you can lead the receiver to the ball a little better, but then you know it, it's either they're gonna intercept it like crazy out of nowhere. Or with their back completely turned, they'll just throw a hand out and deflect the pass. So it actually hasn't gotten any better, in my opinion. So I don't know if I'm going to invest in that game going forward. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, there wasn't really much that I saw at Gamescom, though, that really grabbed my attention. So um, let's just go ahead and get down to some other news. Um this comes from Bloomberg.com. Troubled Star Wars video game remake shifts to new studio. The high-profile remake of Knights of the Old Republic will go to Saber Interactive in Eastern Europe. Uh, the highly anticipated remake of the video game Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic has a new developer after a bumpy ride. The project, formerly in development at Austin, Texas-based Aspire Media, is now being led by one of Saber Interactive's Eastern European studios. According to a person familiar with the change who acts not to be identified because the details are private, both developers are owned by the Swedish company Embracer Group AB, which obliquely refer referenced the pivot in a public statement last week. A representative for Embracer didn't immediately have a comment. The transition shuts down any lingering hope with Aspire that it may be able to continue leading the project. Bosses at the studio, which had been developing the remake for more than two years, told staff last month that the game was on pause as the company tried to figure out what to do next, Bloomberg reported. The message left open the possibility that Aspire could one day reclaim a leadership role, but rumors quickly swirled among employees that Saber was taking over. Last Thursday, Embracer said in a financial report that one of its big titles known within, within the industry as a AAA game had switched developers but did not identify the game. One of the group's AAA projects has transitioned to another studio within the group. The company wrote, this was done to ensure the quality bar is where we needed to be for the title. 
Some analysts uh, correctly guessed based on Bloomberg's previous reporting that the statement referred to the Star Wars remake. Embracer intends to recreate the magic of the original Knights of the Old Republic, a role-playing game that came out in 2003 to great acclaim and updated using modern technology. The game lets players create their own Jedi, wield lightsabers, and choose whether to follow the light or dark side of the Force in a galaxy filled with complex characters and a rich story. Remakes have become common in recent years, but it's rare for a game to switch companies in the middle of development. Doing so almost always leads to major delays. The new developer must learn how to adapt unfamiliar code, and in most cases will revamp or at least modify previous decisions made for the project. Embracer said it is not expecting any material delays due to the transition, but the game announced during a PlayStation event last year does not have a public release date and will likely take at least two more years to finish. People familiar with the development said Embracer stock stumbled on Monday after lukewarm reviews of an upcoming game, Saints Row, and is down 28% this year. Uh, still some close to the project said they are optimistic this will lead to a better product. Decision makers are Embracer and at publishers Sony Group Corp and Walt Disney uh, Company, both of whom have financial interest in the game, were displeased with progress under Aspire, which ultimately led to the transition. Um, most recent time that this has happened is with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I forget exactly who had it first, um, and then it was pivoted back to Square Enix. They took over, and they never gave a release date. We just kept saying, they'll tell us about it, they'll tell us about it, they'll tell us about it. Um, and when the game came, um, it's actually really good. I appreciate it. I don't exactly like the fact that they pivoted some from the story. I know they had to flesh the story out more because it was only going to be the portion of the game that took place in Midgar, and you want to get a 24, 24, 24 25-hour game out of that, which is what they were able to do. So you have to add different story elements, which, I, again, I can appreciate that. I just don't like how some of it changed, but it is what it is. Sometimes changes for the better. Um, we are all patiently waiting uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the second part of the episode, and the third will be... The third and final episode will come sometime after that. So uh, we'll see what, uh, you know, Saber Interactive can do with this game. Uh, obviously, I would I would assume that Aspire shared code and things like that with them, uh, unless they're going to go back and rebuild it from the ground up. I'm not exactly sure. I don't have a contact at Embracer Group, so I can't tell you that. I don't really have any contacts anywhere. So I'm just reading the news as it comes to me. But. We'll all be looking out for that. And other news from Bloomberg. Um, Xbox, uh, sorry, Xbox head of games, Phil Spencer, sees progress toward Activision deal approval. Gaming Chief also hopes for fewer, fewer exclusive titles, more inter... I'm sorry. Um, so Spencer said this. I saw this online, and I thought this was very interesting. Um... Okay, um, here's a quote. Maybe you happen um, in your household to buy an Xbox and I buy a PlayStation and our kids want to play together. And they can't because we bought the wrong piece of plastic to plug into our television, he said. We really love to be able to bring more players in, reducing friction, making people feel safe, secure when they're playing, allow them, allowing them to find their friends, play with their friends regardless of what device. I think in the long run that is good for this industry and maybe in the short run there's some people and some companies that don't love it. But I think as we get over the hump and see where this industry can continue to grow, it proves to be true. What he's saying is basically he wants less exclusives. Um, 
some would think that that's a ridiculous point to make considering they just bought two publishers being Zenimax and Bethesda and Activision Blizzard. Um, they just want IP is what it sounds like. And they want you to be able to access this IP on multiple platforms. There were rumors that they were trying to get Game Pass on the Nintendo Switch during the Xbox One generation. Some even talked about maybe getting it on the PlayStation 4. Neither came to fruition. We do know that new Samsung televisions will have a downloadable Xbox app, and you would just sync your controller via Bluetooth to the television. Um, you can obviously play, play on a PC. I sometimes play Xbox games via xCloud on my iPad Pro. So Phil sees a future where the device doesn't matter. You just need the controller, right? Um would it be interesting to see if you could sync a Xbox controller, like if with via update to a Switch or to a PlayStation? I don't know. For him to say he wants fewer exclusives, I have no problem with that. Here's the thing, though. Nintendo's not going for that. They haven't played ball with anybody in years. They survived the, the rush that Sega put on them, and they feel like when the, when the dust settles you still will have to buy a Nintendo console to play Mario and Zelda and Smash Brothers and so on and so forth. And I have to agree. What PlayStation does with their IP, it's not exactly the same. I know some people are like, well, they're exclusive. As a console, yes, they are exclusive to the PlayStation. But more and more PlayStation IP are going to PC years later, right? You're not seeing Mario or Zelda show up on PC. That's the difference. The difference may be... Nintendo, at the end of the day, wants to be exclusive to their platform in totality. And if you even tell anyone that you downloaded some emulators and some ROMs to play Nintendo games, you know, we all know that, like, those don't really go over too well. I've done it. I'm sure other people have done it as well. But they want to lock their content inside their box. Same reason that they shut down the Wii and Wii U channels and then turned around and sold us the NES Classic and the SNES Classic. And then we waited with bated breath for the N64 Classic and things like that. Nintendo wants to control their intellectual properties, right? And they don't want Microsoft or PC or anybody controlling that for them. The buck stops with them. Is there going to be a day where PlayStation may pivot? I don't know. I never thought that I'd see PlayStation titles go the PC route, so it's quite possible. I, I couldn't tell you when, though, but if we keep hearing these rumors about these PlayStation PC launcher, I think we all have to understand that the game we know it has graciously changed. Um, I'm not saying it's changed for the better. I'm not saying it's changed for the worse, but it has changed, and we can see that in clear and present day, so... It'd be very interesting to see what happens from that point on. Now, speaking of PlayStation, they also posted on the PlayStation blog uh, the PS PS Five price to increase in, can, excuse me increase in select markets due to global economic environment, including high inflation rates. Um, new recommendation retail price coming to select markets in the EMEA, APAC, and LATAM regions plus Canada. The global economic environment is a challenge that. Many of you around the world are no doubt experiencing. We're seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends impacting customer consumers and creating pressure on many industries. Based on these challenging economic conditions, SIE has made the difficult decision to increase the recommended retail price of PlayStation 5 in select markets across Europe, the Middle East, Africa, Asian Pacific, Latin America, as well as Canada. There will be no price increase in the United States. From my understanding, it's equivalent to like $30 per region. 
Uh, in Europe, the PS5 will Ultra HD Blu-ray disc will go up to 549.99 in euros. PS5 Digital uh, Edition 449.99 in euros. Um, the UK 479.99 for the disc drive for the digital 389.99. Uh, Japan effective September 15th. Uh, the disc drive 60,478 yen including tax. Digital edition 49,478 49, yen, including tax, uh, so on and so forth. I will post the link from this article to the episode details. I will tell you right now, um, a lot of people are very, very upset about this price hike. I saw, uh, I found out about this on Twitter this morning, and there were some Twitter spaces that pretty much, from my understanding, one space went on for six hours. I don't know how you guys have the time. Uh, in your personal lives or your professional lives to sit there for six hours and yell at each other on Twitter, but it is what it is. I didn't jump in there. I already knew what the conversation was going to be. People saying, oh, people can't afford to put food on their tables, so Sony shouldn't be doing this. Let's stop right there. I am in no way defending what PlayStation is doing. However, I'm telling you this. If you can't afford to put food on your table, a PlayStation 5 needs to be the very last of your worries. At bare minimum, you need to find other hobbies and gaming on current generation consoles probably should be it you know what you should still play your playstation 4 your xbox one or whatever have you but if you can't afford to feed your family and pay your bills then the playstation 5 doesn't need to be your concern right now i'm just being completely honest about that so i don't know that's all i have uh other than i'm sorry destiny 2 lightfall that's kind of the reason why they did the epic games bungie collab for Fortnite, but yes, Destiny 2 Lightfall is coming early next year, and there's are, there are some other Destiny expansions as well. Um, you can find out about that on the PlayStation blog as well. Again, I just wanted to touch base with you guys before I take my self-imposed break. Uh, if anything big happens in the world of gaming, I will cover it very briefly for you guys, but I'm going to take some break, uh, take some time, chill with my family, friends, enjoy the rest of the summer. And I will catch you guys in a couple of weeks. Two weeks bare minimum. Could be longer, but I don't estimate anything longer than two weeks. But anyway, I'm going to end this like I end every other podcast. Believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. As always, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson, and I got to go. Peace out. <laughs>